today on Growth Mindset University. And I went down to a Black Lives Matter rally and it was my first and last. Um, I did not like what I saw there. Some people saying hate all white people, some people saying love white people. You're listening to Growth Mindset University, educating tomorrow's leaders with lessons from today's entrepreneurial elite. It's a progressive new age of business we find ourselves in, and we'll help you find the success you seek by listening to today's industry professionals and thought leaders teach us the lessons we should have learned in school but didn't. Now, please welcome your host, Jordan Paris. My guest today, Amir Odom, is somebody that I've had the great pleasure of becoming friends with over the past couple of months. He's really a voice of reason in an absolutely crazy time with a fanatical media that's tricking so many people into propagandizing causes that they know nothing about. Uh, And if you haven't guessed by now, yes, we're talking about Black Lives Matter, the organization, not the statement. I discussed this with a rapper named Zuby a couple of months ago on Growth Mindset University. Now I'm talking with my friend Amir Odom about it. We have a great conversation today. Amir is somebody that was crying at Black Lives Matter rallies at one point in his life, feeling very victimized. And he's transformed into a creator of his reality, a very successful young man. And he's just a really good guy. Like recently he's been crowdfunding essentially a tip jar on social media. So he gets endless amounts of people to Venmo him 50 cents and then he will go to a restaurant and leave like a $600 tip. It's really fantastic. I I love the guy, Amir Odom. You have to follow him. You'll hear me on the podcast saying he's a must follow several times. You have to follow him on Instagram at Amir X Odom on Instagram. The man is a voice of reason, providing a safe space for the silent majority to have conversations. And it's so important because I can't even tell you how many people reached out to me after my conversation with Zuby and all of the things that I posted that week. Dozens and dozens of people, maybe even a hundred people that echoed the fear. They used the words fear and I'm scared to talk about this kind of stuff. Thank you. This is really sad. And if you look up the definition of fascism, you'll find that it says fascism is a form of far-right authoritarian ultranationalism characterized by dictatorial power, forcible suppression of opposition, as well as strong regimentation of society and the economy which came to prominence in the early 20th century Europe. Uh, So it says far-right, and I would argue that this fascism is now being employed by the far left, the radical left, namely, specifically rather, forcible suppression of opposition. That's what's happening right now. Conservatives are not allowed to have a voice, and I'm determined to also, from time to time, provide that safe space to encourage conversations like the one that Amir Odom and I are sharing today. 
You can share our conversation with the link jordanparis.com slash EP203. Again, that's jordanparis.com slash EP203 if you'd like to share this conversation with your friends and family. Without further ado, I'm. it's a long conversation, so I'm just going to get right to my conversation with Amir Odom, so please do enjoy that. All right, I'm here with my friend Amir Odom. You can find Amir at Amir X Odom on Instagram, and I am calling him Amir, a must-follow. He is the voice of logic and reason and data. Some of his posts, he's got some, he puts together these great documents, I would call them, slideshows. Uh, he'll, he'll post a couple of, uh, I don't know, whatever you call it when you post like more than one picture. Uh, he'll post some infographic type things. One of them, the truth about President Trump and his racist actions. If you've ever wondered why some people don't think President Trump is a racist, here's why. Uh, and the real reason why people bring up black on black crime from a black man's perspective. Some really amazing data in that one. Here's why some people don't want to defund the police. Top three reasons why America is not a racist country. Think about this before you cancel your friend because of their political views and on and on. He's just got so much great info here. A lot of, I, I mean, every time I see your references, man, it's like from of websites. Like you're not pulling from like, all these conservative like websites or liberal websites like it's it's dot gov you know and, and so I, I i i like that uh it's part of why i call you the voice of reason and logic and uh and data and i think that you're just doing a massive service for what i would call the silent majority i think a lot of people amir are afraid to speak up against some of the things that are going on in the world of politics today and social justice and whatnot because of the career and social repercussions. And you are just providing massive vindication for people, including myself. And I mean, like I said, everyone follow Amir on Instagram at Amir X Odom. He's got 44,000 followers right now. And every time I look at it, it's, it's growing, man, I got to start this off cookies with water. <laughs> Now I I was dipping I I made some cookies this weekend and I dip I was thinking about you I didn't dip them in goddamn water I'm not gonna do you that should have I dipped them in almond milk which I think is like a hybrid between water and milk it is but cookies and water is way better cereal and water is way better um, I'm lactose intolerant and so as a kid all my cousins would like you know eat cereal with milk and dip their cookies in, in milk. And I couldn't do that. And so my mom was just like, use water. Like, you're made of water. So now they're all right, cool. What does it do for you? Like, well, I, I'd so much just rather have the cookie at that point and not. Because it's like the same reason. Big you water guy, by the way. I like water. <laughs> I, I drink like two gallons a day. A big water guy over here. It's just, just the same reason you dip your cookie in, in milk. The same reason for water. Like, you want a little uh, soggy. You want the flavor right, to come out a little right, bit. Right, right, It's fire. I, I love it. Okay, okay. Respect. Uh, and now, Amir, I'm, I'm curious because uh, you've got this Instagram account that you're growing so organically. So every, every the posts are so engaging. Every post I just mentioned, the documents that you post there, the infographics, and, you know, they're getting like over 10,000 likes with 
40,000 followers, really. Uh, so you're getting huge, huge engagement rates. I imagine you're getting thousands of story shares and 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 just shares in general per post. Um, wow. I imagine over thousands are saving it. By the way, on the one on the post that you sh- you shared, one of my posts. Uh, some people listening will know this, and it it had 788 shares and wow. 460 something saves. Uh, and it was my most liked and most commented on on post. I mean, just so engaging uh, your audience is. And you know, you're really starting to grow on YouTube. I see you're at like four or 5,000 subscribers. I subscribed to you the other day. Thanks, brother. And I, I got to know, like, but what you're this young, successful-ish guy, like, and I don't mean to say ish. I say ish because you're right. like rising, rising, rising. That's what we both are. We're, mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're not even close to... Like there's levels to this. We're we're getting we're 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 going to reach stratospheric levels of success. Um, this young successful guy with a Tesla. What do you do? So I do a lot of online marketing for a mortgage company. I do that, and I'm starting to work on another side project that's under wraps. But a lot of it's just I just do online marketing from work, and I've been working there for quite a long time now. So. Yeah, that's what I suspect. You're working for a company. Why are you not afraid, Amir, to express your opinion the way you've been doing it? Because the silent majority has been silent because of these career repercussions. And and you are are seemingly not afraid of them at all. Why? Um, I'm thankful to have a job that supports free speech. Um, they know everything that I post online. They know everything that I do, all the events that I go to. Um, they're very flexible with the events and they support my mission and what I'm trying to say. And as far as why I've been so open and carefree about things, it's just a matter of, I'm just speaking in truth and love. Mm-hmm. I've always operated that. I've always been vocal about my views and beliefs and when I came across these beliefs and when my political mindset started to change, I was vocal on that too because I'm just, I keep it 100 all the time. Yeah, yeah. I I notice like when when people are, uh, are rude, um, either no response or uh, you'll be very kind and be like, look, man, I, you know, I, I, I can't, I just can't engage in, uh, you know, I'm here for, for, for discussion, but, uh, but, don't attack me, man. You know? Like, yeah. I have, like, a, have, have a great day. Uh, I have rules for my engagement. Like my time tell me, is valuable. Tell me. My time is valuable. And if I know I'm going to get, if I know we're going to have a conversation and it's going to be worthwhile and productive, I'm all for it. But as soon as you step out of line, there's no point in talking to you because you're just so far gone. You know, I like to tell a story about when I was a freshman in high school, I was openly gay. And I was mm-hmm. standing in the cafeteria and this guy goes, Amir, you're a faggot and throws a milk carton at me. And I just looked at him. I picked up the milk carton, threw it in the trash can mm. and then could continue talking to my friend like it was nothing. That's bad. Like, Amir, aren't you pissed? Aren't you going to hit him? Aren't you going to fight? I'm like, no, he has bigger demons to battle. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm not going to spend my time. Arguing I with would love to seen the look on his face. <laughs> he was kind of like shocked, like, oh, yeah. I just wasted my time doing that. Yeah. Wanted to get a reaction and you're not right, going to get that right. from me. 
That's awesome, man. You mentioned when my political beliefs start to change, start to shift. Were you, because I, I, I know you did not vote for Donald Trump. Does that mean mm-hmm. you didn't vote or did you vote for Hillary Clinton? Were you a Democrat vote. at some, okay. I was didn't. in a little loophole between moving and I just didn't make the cut. And so, but at one point were you uh, liberal? Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah. If I could have voted that year, it would have been for Hillary. Right. Um, so what, what's changed in the past couple of years and when was it? So the big, big change came in late 2017, early 2018. Uh, essentially, I wanted to get more political. I wanted to get more involved in the community. And I went down to a Black Lives Matter rally. Mm. And it was my first wow. and last. Um, I did not like what I saw there. I did not. Tell me about it. It was, just, uh, it was so unorganized. You have some people saying, I hate all cops. To some people saying, love cops. Some people saying hate all white people. Some people saying love white people. And I grew up around the police force. I'm fine with cops. But then the media and Black Lives Matter made me hate cops, if that makes sense. Um, And so that was the first kick to like, hmm, I really don't like this whole Black Lives Matter thing. And then, you know, fast forward to being invited to the White House. You know, I'm I don't like being told what to think. I don't like being lied to. And people were saying, oh, Amir, you have to hate Donald Trump. You know, he's racist and homophobic. And I was like, you know, I'm going to find out for myself. So I got invited to this event at the White House, met him for myself. And he wasn't the man that I was seeing on the news. And the day after after that White House event, all you see online is, go ahead. Did you get to like talk to him? Uh, Very brief. It was like thank yeah. you for your service. Shook his hand. How much do you was- think though is like for show? Like I mean, look, anyone can when when there's like people from the public, anyone can be put on this show of like love and mm-hmm. graciousness and and respectfulness. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think a lot of it's for show. He's so honest. He just says what he wants to say. He does not care. And the biggest thing is he doesn't need the black vote. He does not need the black vote to win. Yet he's doing all of these things for the black community. So at some point, I just had to give in. I'm like, you know, why is he doing all this for the black community? And what, tell me, what is he what, what is he doing for the black community that obviously the, the crisis news network CNN is not covering? And, and then, um, and of course, the New York Slimes and the Washington Compost. What are they? <laughs> <laughs> He's doing a lot. So one is a black poverty reached a historic low under his presidency, which is mind blowing. You know, he's created a ton of oppor- opportunity zones that projected a hundred billion dollar in private investments for minority communities. He's a pro advocate for a school choice so that, you know, you're not locked down to your zip code. He's given historic amount of money to black HBCUs, the black colleges. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, criminal justice reform. 90% of those who have seen their sentences reduced were black Americans. A ton of black Americans are getting out of jail because of Trump. And, you know, when you, when you think about all the cities that are, you know, have a lot of black people in them and that are not doing good. And that are crime ridden, that have poor education, they're run by Democrats. You know, Chicago, Baltimore, 
Philadelphia, St. Louis, I can go on. They've all been Democrats for decades. So it's like when Trump literally said, what do you have to lose? He, he didn't lie. Yeah. I mean, what do you think about some of, I can't, look, I can't think of one of his comments that sounded racist. I mean, like, but, but people are always twisting what he says to like sound racist and, and paint him as a racist. Like they're trying so hard to paint him as a racist and people really, really do believe that he is. I mean, what do you make of some of his comments? Is there anything he's said that sounds the alarm in your head? Like even one thing. No. And I think the reason people honestly feel that way would say yes is because of how the media twists the things that he says. You know, the most famous one I can think about is the whole Charlottesville interaction. And he said, there's good people on both sides. What the media didn't show you is that 10 seconds before he said that, he said, I fully and formally denounce all forms of white supremacy and Nazis. Like he denounced all of that, but they never show that clip. So when you take into context, all the things he says, you kind of, you kind of take a back seat, like, Hmm, either this could be racist or it could be an economical issue. And a lot of times it's economic or culture. It has nothing to do with the race. Yeah. There's uh what's his name? Cly- Clyburn democratic, uh, something leader. Um, hmm. what do we, what is his Jim, name? Cl- Jim Clyburn. Yeah. Jim Clyburn. James oh, yes, e. Clyburn. Yes, yes, that's him. I saw him on TV. Uh, comparing, you hear this comparison every now and then, uh, comparing Donald Trump to Hitler. What do you make of that? And, and, he was, and he was all for it, James Clyburn. That one's just absurd. If you know anything about history and what Hitler did to people and what he's... what, <laughs> Like the only comparison that I can see between Hitler and Trump is the bear that they're both human. They have that in common and they're very charismatic people. That's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I don't see Trump slaughtering people in the streets. I don't see Trump raising an army to kill people. I don't see Trump doing any of these things. They say all his white supporters are white supremacists. That's not what I see when I attend the rallies and go to the events. Mm. What do you think about that stereotype, though, like that his supporters are white supremacists? I mean, you think of like the stereotype of his supporter as as that and maybe like a, a hick. Um, I mean, what do you what do you, what do you make of that? It's ill informed. Um, you know, one thing I like to bring up is my friend Bryson Gray. He created this challenge called the MAGA challenge mm-hmm. where you're rapping to a beat in support of President Trump. And President Trump tweeted that. And then you had Jimmy Fallon take that challenge and show it on his show it on his show and create a mashup of the worst challenges. And it was all white people. Mm-hmm. It was all like, you know, stereotypical, you know, country guys or whatever doing this challenge. He didn't show any black people, despite the fact that the challenge was created by black MAGA supporters. And majority of them were from black people. He didn't show that on purpose to continue this narrative. And of course, Jimmy Fallon ends up like getting canceled too. 
I mean, mm-hmm. he, that was like trending uh, the other month on Twitter. I mean, because it's just so funny, Amir, how this is like a circular firing squad. The woke mob, they all end up like shooting they themselves at some point. They shoot if you, if, in the you, foot. if you hang with the mob, you're going to get shot eventually. Yep. And and that's why I, I spend, I, I don't bow down to the mob. I, I, I did a whole podcast about uh, Black Lives Matter the other month with, uh, or last month with Zuby. Mm-hmm. The rapper with Nigerian roots, and oh, did you? Did you what did you say? I said such a great guy. Oh yeah, oh, dude, awesome guy. And uh, I made that post on Instagram. I made some posts on LinkedIn, Twitter. Like, I, I don't bow down to the mob. Uh, but why do we see? It's just so baffling to me. These corporations bowing down to the mob. I mean, Nike comes to mind. Um, Every every corporation, they're like obsessed. They're they're, they're and, and I was watching a lacrosse game yesterday. They're wearing Black Lives Matter patches on their chest. Oh dear! Meanwhile, there's no black people in the field. <laughs> and and I'm just like, and then there's like Black Lives Matter, like in you know in shops and businesses. Surely they don't support Marxism, socialism, like. I mean, they're they're business people. So why why do we why do we see these corporations bowing down to the mob? I, I just don't get it. And what is it doing? What is the effect on America? I don't get it either. I don't understand. I, the one thing I can see from bowing to the mob is that you're you're not dealing with all the backlash. But what they fail to realize is that. There is a silent majority. There is more of us that aren't this crazy and this far, far, far left. Yeah. It's just that they control a lot of the media. Yeah, they're the loudest. And it's it's hard because, you know, on Twitter and all these people on the far left and, and the rioters and the looters, they don't make up the majority of America. But it's just... It's, it seems like they have so much power. Yeah. And when these companies bow, they're giving them that power that they really didn't have to begin with. Yeah. Think about, too, what's going on in the NFL and the NBA right now and the MLB, you know, like Black Lives Matter on the mound and and people kneeling for the anthem and basketball wearing Black Lives Matter shirts, like, all the players. And I'm just like, what the, that, you know. It's it's bad it's like i'm not watching that man yeah entertainment used to be our escape it used to be our escape you used to be able to watch the award shows watch the music videos go to the sports games and have a escape from politics and from the world and from work but now it's all injected into everything yeah and it's just gone too far especially with the whole black lives matter movement Mm. Uh, we're gonna get to that in a second i I wanted to comment before we lose that thread about like Jimmy Fallon and mm-hmm. him uh, cherry picking, so to say, you know, yeah. videos to show uh, and not showing the real diversity there. And in that challenge, um, what was I going to say? See, sometimes this happens in podcasts where you forget you're gonna, what you're going to say. <laughs> um, oh yeah. Like, look, we, you and I, I am a white Jewish American talking. You are a black American talking. We're having this conversation. You just shared a post on Instagram of an 
Instagram, IGTV of a gay Latino conservative, uh, pretty much uh, talking and analyzing the, um, the, the, the George Floyd footage, which by the way, I have not seen just came out as of, uh, pretty much as of this podcast or a couple of days ago, I believe. I don't know. Okay. So what, what do you think, Amir, about Black Lives Matter, the organization? Like, let's, let's get into that now. I do not like Black Lives Matter at all. Um, I think they are capitalizing off the fear of black people. I think that the organization is, it's poor taste and they're so smart with the naming because black lives matter. It's like, of course, black lives matter. I'm black. Genius. I know I matter. Yeah. Uh, the it's thing a, it's is, abuse too, man. Unbelievable. Yeah. And the thing is I was born in 1995. Black lives matter was born. Black lives matter was born in 2013. I know I matter. This organization does not speak for me. And it's just, it made me hate police. It made me hate being black. Because they just shoved down people's throats that you're going to die from being black. You know, the white man's holding you back. And yeah. none of the numbers prove or show that. Do you, do, does any, do any numbers come to mind? I know it's hard to reference stuff. Just, I mean, I know you've shown it in, in some of your posts before, but does any, does anything come to mind right off the bat? If not, I can move on. Yeah. So in terms of something that people say about Black Lives Matter, you know, they say, oh, white on white crime is just as high and comparable to black on black crime. That's true, but you're not looking at the data in full because while it's comparable, the black population is one eighth of the white population. You know, black men make up 6% of the US population, but commit over 50% of murders and robberies. At some point, accountability has to come into this. Mm. Yeah. Now, uh, some people, I wanna make sure people understand because I, when I posted what I did on Instagram, um, it was shocking to me how many people didn't realize, didn't understand that there actually was an organization and it was more than just a statement. And when I reached out to Amir, the founders of Black Lives Matter to all three of them to interview them on my podcast and I you know, I, I told people on my Instagram story, like, look, I, you know, I reached out to them and I followed up and people were like, wait, there's founders? Who are the quote unquote founders? You know, who, what are you talking about? And so it was just shocking to me how many are completely oblivious to the fact that there is an organization. How do we, I guess the, the question is the, when, when I mentioned like surely these businesses that are bowing down to the mob and displaying Black Lives Matter in their in their shops, like surely they're not Marxists and socialists. How what are the Marxist and socialist ties, Amir, to this movement? The ties that I see happening in this movement are just from their leaders themselves. They've said they're self-proclaimed Marxists and they want to. On their mission statements, essentially, if I'm summing it up, they want to take away the nuclear family. Yeah. 
They want to have a bunch of handouts, a bunch of free stuff. They're for reparations. They want all the reparations, <laughs> justice and equality and everything that Black Lives Matter stands for. Yeah. It's in poor taste. It's just in poor taste and none of it makes sense. They're, they're all their mission statements. It just, it doesn't align with black lives. Like they, they're very selective in who matters and who doesn't. You know, I made a post that said, if, if a white man shot me, it would be hashtag Amir Odom. If a black man shot me, crickets, like hmm. no one would know. But if a white man did it, oh, it'd be, a, it'd be a field day for them. And it's like the numbers are in, I'm more likely to get shot by a black person 17 times more likely, really, I think that's the number, than from a cop. I'm more likely to be blown away by a gust of wind, get struck by lightning, fall down the stairs, choke on my food, drown, all before getting shot by a cop. Yeah. What do you make of the, the hatred being spewed towards cops? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm like so making it a point. Now, I don't. I don't see police officers that I don't, I, I don't live in any city, but like, I'm so making it a point next time. Like I am in an eating establishment with a, with a police officer, you know, they're in uniform and I see them. Like, I so want to pay for their meal. Well, cause it's, I, I just can't even believe that the hatred, uh, the hashtag defund the police. I am of the hashtag defend the police. Agreed. Opinion. I can't, why is this hate totally not justified? Because the cops are, the way the media makes the cops make them, the way the media portrays the cops to be is just absurd. They're not as bad as they make it seem. You know, police get killed more by black people than the police kill black people. And they just make it seem they're out here gunning people down and they're the new KKK and it's not the case. You know, I feel bad for the cops because it's in a way lowering the police morale. I know. Like who like It's, it's really hard bad. being a cop right now and, and they're only doing their job. When you download the police databases and you're looking at all of these crimes, nine times out of ten, they're just doing what they thought was good, you know? For me, I'm never going to point a weapon at a cop. I'm never going to resist resist arrest, and I'm not going to be involved in a drug ring. Therefore, I'm not going to be involved with the cops. Mm. And they're, they're, the cops are here to protect you. The same people saying defund the police and F all cops are the same people that's going to call them when they're in trouble. Yeah, what do you think the effects of defunding the police are going to be? You know, I've seen a couple of different narratives going around of what defunding the police actually means, whether it's you know, taking some of the money out and putting it elsewhere or completely getting rid of the police and having, I don't even know the term, but like a community resource center. I don't know what some of these communities are coming up with, but they're going to see crime rise like they are now because you're going to see police stop caring. You're going to see police. They're already not paid that much to begin with. And so you're going to see them stop caring. You're going to see crime rise. And it's going to be a hot mess. Yeah. All for nothing. Hmm. How much of, <laughs> how much of what's going on, Amir, do you think is about the election? 
a good chunk of it. A very good chunk of it. Because that's the only thing I can make out of it. Like, there's no reason why it should be this wild right now. And it's the media portraying this. Yeah. My dad likes to joke that the pandemic is going to end on November 4th. Yeah. <laughs> and and I you'll don't see, doubt it. Yeah. Um, now, with, with that said, I think that uh, if Donald Trump, Trump wins, I, I there are going to be uh, unbelievable riots, I think. Oh, yeah. Riots like we haven't seen before. Why? I'm planning to go away. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm literally going to like Chile or Iceland. I've been I've been looking at places like for like to stay for a couple of months. Uh, Airbnb has an amazing monthly like, uh, you know, like a monthly rent. I'm trying to look thing. into that, dude. I'm trying to dip too because I it's going to be hot. I think I always like to refer to the women's march after he got inaugurated. Mm. The women marches were wild. What it, uh, as far me as in, I'm not familiar. As far as the amount of people who came out in opposition to Trump after he was inaugurated. Now you have all these riots now. This is, a, it's going to be wild. Now, I will say <sighs> the one thing I think that will prevent the election if Trump wins from being wild is if he wins the popular vote. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Because everyone loved, uh, to, be cool. loved to hold on to that. Like, you know, oh, Hillary would have won if it wasn't for Electoral College. Mm-hmm. But if Trump wins, you like what do you make of that? And unpopular, done for. Uh, yeah. What do I make of what? The Hillary winning the popular vote, but not the electoral college. Do you think that's fair that that she lost the election? What do you think? From my understanding of the electoral college as of now, I think it's fair. Why? Because you have all these, you have very populous cities, and it's just if it's only that you know majority rules type deal. I mean, the L.A., New York, Florida, Texas, they all have their own way. And all the states would just be pushed to the side. Hmm. I see. So we have to give a voice to the little states. Which that in its own is a whole other topic because I don't like how people, it's during all the COVID stuff, you know, people bring up Canada and how well they're doing. What people fail to realize is that Canada is smaller than California, mm-hmm. as far as people. No way. There's more people That's in the state of California than in Canada as a whole. So of course, t- they're handling COVID different. Yeah, somebody kind of unrelated, but somebody was telling me on on a LinkedIn live on uh, they had me on um, about like gun laws there and how uh, they kind of they they outlawed like like weapons uh gun i don't even know outlawed like anything other than the most basic things and i and like everyone was fine with it and and uh and he's like why why is that not the case in america like why are people totally up in arms about uh um about their guns being taken away I mean, that is interesting. I, I can't vouch for Canada being like totally cool with that. Like maybe they were. Um, and I, I don't know exactly what happened, but I mean, what do you think of like, what do you, what do you think about that? What, what comes to mind? Um, what, why, why are we so like 
why are we so crazy about uh, the right about to bear our guns? Arms? Yeah. Because, you know, it protects us from tyranny. I'll, put, here, I'll, I'll preface it. I, while I, we do have the right to bear arms, I will never, and I think that we should, and I, sh- I, don't, I don't think they should be taken away, I will never have one. I just don't, like, I don't want to, I, I don't, it's not my department. Like, I don't want to <laughs> deal with it. Yeah. I say, I think it's just more on the protection side. You know, you have the right to protect yourself. I don't have a gun yet, but I want some. Mm. I plan on getting some. It's just, and I hope to never use it. But if the time comes where I have to use it, then so be it. Because I have to protect myself. And, you know, I like to say, guns don't kill people. People do. Right. Yeah. That's just, you know, what. that's the only way I can put it. Hmm. Back to Black Lives Matter. The what do you make of the? I know there's a lot of what do you think and what do you make of question because I'm just so fascinated oh, good, with your with your perspective. I don't usually do this, but what do you make of the virtual parade of virtue virtue signalers on social media? The black square um, and and the sharing of like social justice like causes from change.org and and uh and oh and the one that i shared on my post remember the mm-hmm. if you support donald trump you, you support xenophobia racism blah blah, blah 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 and just making all these blanket statements and <laughs> what do you make of the virtue signaling parade it's misinformed but good intentions yes 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 because i was there I've been in the streets crying over Black Lives Matter. I've mm. I've been posting all the stuff to support them and donate. You know, again, it's a good name, Black Lives Matter. You can't you you can't disagree with that statement, but you can disagree with the organization. I think that's what a lot of people yeah. misconstrue with each other. Um, what irritates me though is, and again, I'm black. I'm not white. <laughs> uh. But if I was white, it, it, it seems really sucky for white people right now, honestly, because you either, you're either in support of Black Lives Matter, and if you're not in support, if you even question it, you get called a racist. Right. And that doesn't make sense because I feel like a lot of my white friends that I talk to that are really looking into this, they're taking into account that there are a lot of black people who don't like Black Lives Matter. So when you have these virtual signaling people on the left, amplify black voices, listen to black people. Is it only the ones you want them to, or is it all black voices? Because there's a lot of black voices who don't like Black Lives Matter. And the second you have white people looking into them, they get ridiculed and called a racist. And so I just advise everyone that's virtue signaling to just stop and really look into what you're supporting. Yeah. Yeah, there's the term that uh, you may be familiar with, Amir. I'm, I'm looking it up right now so I can get the exact definition. But mm-hmm. useful idiot. In political jargon, a useful idiot is a derogatory term for a person perceived as propagandizing for a cause without fully comprehending the cause's goals oh. and who is cynically used by the cause's leaders. I think so many people, Amir, are, are propagandizing for a cause that they have no clue what is it's actually about and and it's and they're 
these people are cynically being used by Patrice McCullers, Opal Tometi, however you say her name, and what's the other founder? Oh, I'm a, uh, I forget. I wish I remembered. They're being used by them all. Yeah. All someone has to do is look into the data, and, and that alone is just common sense because there are going to be bad cops. These shootings are going to go on for forever. Not to the high degree, but... Because people aren't have, perfect. Yeah. With every good, there's bad. You have bad lawyers, bad teachers, bad politicians, and you're going to have bad cops. And the fact is, when you look at these numbers, it's a 0.00048% chance of me getting shot by a cop unarmed. Like, that's... <laughs> yeah. That's so low. But then you hear... Like the Breonna Taylor story. Mm -hmm. And I mean, now George Floyd was not a saint. At all. We we know that. But the Breonna Taylor one is like, that makes, that definitely makes you really think, right? Yes. And that one's interesting. I need to look more into it because I've been seeing alternate things on both sides. I see, you know, one, she was sleeping. Yeah, yeah. And then another, I see that she was involved in a drug ring, and that's why they were there in the first place. Interesting. Then I see that they're actually shooting at each other, the boyfriend and the cops, and she just got shot in the midst of it. So I need to look more into it before I speak more on it. But to that note of the whole youthful idiots thing, you have people out here saying, you know, justice for Breonna Taylor. And then they're automatically jumping on that train. Yeah, justice, justice. And they don't even know the case. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Um, it's, I, I, look at, I look at it like... Sharing it on social media, putting it on your story, posting about it, it gets you social justice warrior points. But if you were to actually do something in support of black people in support of that case that caused donate money like nobody would know so you wouldn't actually get social justice warrior points for it so you don't actually do that you just you know share it on your story and and say get educated right educate it's yourself where it's like oh i posted a black square i did my five for racism for the day it's like right. yeah and with that said are you so like I want to get to how we can support black people without bowing down to Black Lives Matter as an organization. But a couple of questions here about oppression and discrimination. Number one, does discrimination exist? Have you ever been discriminated against? Um, Tell me. Yeah. Um, I've been discriminated against. I've been profiled by the cops before. I've been... um, called a nigger, mm. all these things. By, by a white person? Yeah. Mm. But I'm just a very ob- objective person. Um, when I, when you, again, when you take into account that black men make up 6% of the population, but commit over 50% of all robberies, if I'm in a town that's majority white, not because of race, but because black people make up one eighth of the population of white people. And I'm being profiled in the store. 
on one end, it's like, yeah, I'd rather you not judge me by the color of my skin. But on the other end, yeah, you're also just looking at the numbers. So is it really, are they racist or is it they're just looking at the numbers? Yeah. Because when I'm in Chicago, I'm not going to be walking down the street. I'm not making eye contact with any black person in Chicago. Because I'm looking at the numbers. So on the cases where I have been profiled, when I take a back seat and look at it, and I look at the numbers, it, 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 it's a, it's a tricky battle. It's a tricky battle. Yeah. Should we be colorblind or should we acknowledge race? Like I, I, people have problems with like both with, with being colorblind and, Mm -hmm. and then you're like racist. If you, it's, I think you see a different, it's just, it's just so, if it's like, it's like heads, heads I win, tails you lose. Yeah. I think we should recognize color in the terms of, I think we've done a really good job at it, but for example, we are different. You know, I'm assuming just because you're white, you have to wear suntan lotion when you go outside, you have to put on sunscreen. I don't, I should, but I don't tan. I don't, I get obviously tan, I get darker, but I don't burn. I don't peel. Um, our hair is different. We use different hair products. So there are some different things with the races. But besides that, I think most of the stuff should be colorblind. Martin Luther King said, I'd rather you judge me by the color, the content of my character, not the color of my skin. Mm. Don't give me a handout or treat me differently because I'm black. That that makes me think of like affirmative action and these universities taking... Which is racist in itself. Tell me about it, yeah. Affirmative action is just... Yeah. You're just giving you're making it easier for a black person to get into a school they wouldn't have gotten into because of their skin color yeah it's like you're going easy on them like you you feel you're you're right feel bad for you like, like like oh i feel wow. bad for this black soul and we're gonna let's let him in anyways then yeah. he's probably gonna drop out because it's so hard you you had a freaking amazing tweet and i wish you would tweet more I need to. Is a, a meme. I'm. I, by the way, I, I wanted to ch- today to challenge you to tweet more because I think you would just grow so quickly on there. White liberals, they say, "I'm sorry, you're black, and that I have privilege over you." Me, and then the, a picture of the definition of racism. I think I thought that was genius. I. I yes. It's hard. It might be hard for people to imagine that in their heads, but I, I always use that argument. That with my white liberal friends and mm. two of them actually blocked me after that conversation. Wow. Because they, I was just like, that's you know, weird, man. are you saying you're over me because you have white, cause I don't believe in white privilege. We so all I have privilege. About that. But, um, so many people told me to check my privilege um, yeah, and it's like, in the past, so in the past month and they're all, they're all privileged white people. I've never had a black person tell people, me to check my privilege. Right. And you have white people looking, it's almost as if like you're looking down on black people. Oh, well, I'll post this black square. I'm using my privilege to step up for black life. And it's like, oh, so you're acknowledging that you're better than me because of your color? Is but do white people have... The person on LinkedIn Live that I was talking to the other day was was saying that white people, because he's white, he you know he's had a, a more favorable set of circumstances and he's had an advantage. And uh, yeah, what do you think about that? I think it's multi-layered. One, I think that people look out for the people they're around. All the job that I've gotten is through connections. 
granted, there's, since there's more white people, there's going to be more white connections in the workplace and in the field. But I mean, I've been homeless before. I've watched my, my parents' cars get repossessed. I haven't had a father in my life. Uh-huh. I'm doing really good right now. <laughs> I know. How old so are you? So to say, I'm 24. Oh, yeah. So to say that, you know, it's because of your white privilege that you're successful. No, it's because of your actions. It's because of my actions. Yeah. That I've got, that's what's gotten me here. A lot of people with white privilege who grew up in big homes with really rich parents ended privilege. up becoming drug druggies and, 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 and potheads and, and mm-hmm. they end up doing nothing. It's all on your actions. And I like to say there, there's such thing as economic privilege. Mm-hmm. But once it's a white privilege, there's no law set in place that will allow a black person to do something that a white person can't. That's what I was just going to say. There's I no general gonna... laws. There's none of that. I, I was literally about, my, my question here was, I mean, are you oppressed? I asked Zuby the same question too. And yeah, uh, yeah right, right. And, and I'll define it. So I, I, got, I copied the definition of oppression here. Oppression by institution or Systematic oppression is when the laws of a place create unequal treatment of a, spe- a specific social identity group or groups. Another example of social oppression is when a specific social group is denied access to education that may hinder their lives and later life. Yeah, black people don't have any laws that prohibit them from striving and achieving and doing things. Uh, it's, it's not uh-huh. the way it was. 50 uh, or 60 years ago. That's the thing. I'm not going to act here and scream in the streets as if I have it worse than my grandparents. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I've thought about Amir. Honestly, I thought about it when I was pretty damn high. Um, I like, cause I like to do that every like other week. I like to take an edible. I don't smoke, but I, I like to do edibles, um, little candies. But anyway, beside the point. <laughs> I was thinking about how America, it was like a thought experiment. Like if America is a racist country and everything that we've been able to do has been like founded upon slavery, um, white people had slaves for like a hundred years and uh, I don't know, did they get some sort of advantage? Were they in a better place? Which, which would... Instead, which would then in turn make uh, their descendants uh, more likely to be successful. And uh, black people coming from slavery only 150 years ago or so, does that, like, are they still feeling the effects of, of slavery? Are they still behind because of, because of slavery? Like, I was really thinking about that. I don't know. That one is tricky. I would say there are still some lingering effects of slavery around, um, you know, when it comes to whole genera- generational wealth stuff. Yeah, I yeah. see it a little bit. Yeah. But to me, at the end of the day, there's no greater country to be in right now if you're black than America. Mm. So I'm of the mindset that it's 2020. There's nothing that I can't do. Let's go get it. Yeah. You know, majority of the wealth was created in the past 50 years. So it's like for black people, we have to do better. There's nothing holding any other race back, but it's like black people, for some reason, we're holding ourselves back. Yeah. 
So America is not a racist country. It's not a racist country. Right. At all. And I dude, did you see on Twitter Fourth of July hashtag fuck the fourth was trending? I couldn't even believe I would love for the them to visit another of, country. Of sorry, what? No, I would love for them to visit another country. I would love for people saying, who don't appreciate man. America to visit somewhere else because then they would realize how blessed they have it here. They yeah. are free. And they act like they're not. And it enrages me that there's black people out here who aren't appreciative to be in America, who don't recognize their worth and don't realize that they can obtain anything they want to as long as they put their mind to it. Yeah, I somebody commented. So I, I posted um, a video with Zuby uh, from my podcast. It said, on July 4th, great day for the greatest country in the world. I woke up to see fuck the fourth trending on Twitter. A disgrace. These people hate America so much that they want to quote unquote, burn this system down and replace it. You know what that's referencing, right? Uh, right Amir, the, the, the black lives matter leader on Fox who mm-hmm. literally said that. And I said, replace it with what socialism. And somebody said, quoted me, uh, replace it with socialism. And he's like, yes, actually and then someone commented like why don't you just go to venezuela and he said oh i'm sticking around to make america one too you know america to make america like venezuela i was like i can't even believe there's people like this these people (laughs) exist they're on the fringes and the silent majority which i'm so glad you don't bow to the mob we need to speak up more yeah. And so we don't stand for this crap. We, we, we don't. We love America. The silent majority wouldn't have to be silent if, if more of us spoke up. Precisely. And I, I really do believe, Amir, that, I mean, because we know what happens if Joe Biden gets in office. You know, oh, we know dear. Bernie Sanders and AOC are behind his policies. And it's just a, a slow transition into socialism, a, dissen- a dissension into so- socialism, or so it seems, could be wrong. Um, I really do believe that even though the polls say 49% Joe Biden, 41% Donald Trump, first of all, remember it was 49% Hillary Clinton, 39% Donald Trump at this time, last election. And number two, I think it is just going to be, I think it's going to be a, a real blowout for for Donald Trump in favor of of uh, the Repu- the Republicans winning office again, I, I I just think that the polls are such bullshit, man. I same. I I don't understand. I don't. The, the polls are weird. I've never I've never done a poll, so it's like I don't know, and I don't know anyone you, that's done one. <laughs> exactly. It's like how are you guys? My doing family and I were having that discussion. Yeah. I don't know anyone who's been in one of these polls, and again, I think if Trump wins a popular vote. That I think that has the power to end the mob. Mm. Like we won the popular vote. That'd be amazing. Clearly there's more of us here who love and appreciate it here. So stage left. If you're trying to get out, go. Yeah. At the same time, I I, I want to like sympathize with people who are voting for, who uh planning on voting for Joe Biden. Um, because I was, I, I, I saw a comment because um, I was speaking about Donald Trump and and everything that's going on in in woke world, and uh, this lady was 
going on and on about how much she is, how scared she is of Donald Trump and how much of a bigot he is and racist. And, and, uh, I felt for her because I was, I wanted to say like, ditto. We fear, I fear, uh, what, what you want too. I think there's just a lot of fear on, on both sides. Um, precisely. That's a good yeah. point. That's something good to point out is that that fear does exist on both sides. You know, I've seen more racist stuff come out of Biden than Trump. Yeah. And that's when I'm talking to my left-leaning friends, that's what I like to start the conversation off with is that, you know, at the end of the day, we have the same goal in mind. More than likely, we want truth. We want freedom. We want happiness. We want love. Yeah. We all want these core things. It's just a matter of how we're getting there. You know, three plus six equals nine. And so does four plus five. Two different equations, but mm -hmm. they get to the same result. So yeah, there's things that we can really work on to, to come together. I think that a lot of the people posting the black square and um, uh, showing out in great support of Black Lives Matter, I don't think that they're Marxist and socialist. I mean, some of them are more than I'd like, uh, but... I don't think all of them are, especially the people in my cohort who follow me on Instagram, who, you know, I went to college with, uh, who were ve vehemently against what I've been posting. I don't, I mean, I don't think they're all Marxists and socialists. I don't either. Yeah. But how do we, but the, the problem, I still have a problem with people who post the black square and show out in support of Black Lives Matter who propagandize this cause of Black Lives Matter because of the things that it represents and because that they are they are advancing this the 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 co-founders and their political agenda and all the money is going to the Democratic Party and uh, I just don't think that's right I mean a lot of people that put the link in their bio I don't think they un understand where the money's actually going no one's looking into it and that's the problem. I still have a problem with people propagandizing the cause, even though they don't know what it stands for. Mm -hmm. How do we? No one's really educated on it. Yeah. Which? How do we support this statement "Black Lives Matter" without cl cl very clearly without supporting the organization? Is there? I, it's an impossible question. It, it, yeah, because uh, the, the only name. way I see is. Starting off with, you know, I stand with black lives, but I don't stand with Black Lives Matter organization. Here's why. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, feed off of the things that they're saying. You know, they're saying amplify black voices. Here's some black voices I amplify who all dislike the organization. Clearly, they love their life. They're black. So why aren't we listening to them, too? So I kind of use their tactics to bridge the gap. But a lot of it is just, we're in a very, very, sad to say, like, lazy culture. You know, I feel like me and you, we're in the 5%, where there's 5% of go-getters and 95% just like to kick it, chill, and just do whatever they want. Um, and it, I feel like it's those people that aren't really looking into the full detail. Yeah. Because I see it on the right just as much as I see it on the left. Yeah. I don't think, I mean, the way I look at it too is with Democrats and Republicans is 
and Republicans are shitty, shitty party, and uh, Democrats are are a shitty party too. But they're only one of the parties is absolutely evil. Yeah, and I'd say that uh, it's uh, the Democratic politicians, and I, I, I say the politicians, not the followers of the Democratic Party. I think that they, I don't mm-hmm. know that that they all understand. Um, and people could say the same about me too with you know on the other side um have you seen the movie uncle tom so i meant to in preparation for this podcast i actually meant to watch it mm-hmm. i haven't yet i have to i have to go i was i'm going to do that probably this week i was thinking about it absolutely I was amazing. last night yeah but larry elder uh i i love watching him by the way and i didn't know I went to his Instagram profile. I think it's he says he he calls himself a libertarian. I didn't know that. And that's 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 the funny thing is that the left is leaving the left. There right. are a ton of centrist libertarians. Um, it's like if you're not on the far left, you're kicked out to the right. Yeah. The right's just more accepting. The libertarians are more accepting. The centrists. Everything on this side is more accepting and loving. The past two years, the only people to call me faggots and niggers are people on the left. Mm. So that alone speaks volumes to me. Yeah, you know, it's often the people who are the loudest who have the most to hide. We see this, we see this, Amir, with, you know, male feminists. They're often covering up for, uh, you know, some pretty heinous acts of their own. And we see this with uh, <laughs> with Bill Clinton, really. Uh, doesn't he have a lot of charitable organizations and, uh, and whatnot? But he, as we've come to know in the past couple of weeks or months, has a ton to cover up. And the reason is rooted in the laws of human nature. Because generally, under the emphatic trait, lies the opposite under that extreme show of virtue lies a lot of pent-up aggression and hatred and these social justice warriors who are always on the right side of things always in favor of the right causes always so morally virtuous and superior they uh are they often like i said have a lot of underlying hatred and pent-up aggression uh you know an example i know somebody people who listen to this podcast have heard this example before i have a uh someone in in my life uh that i have to run into every now and then he's um his go-to line whenever he feels threatened is i'll beat the shit out of you and everyone knows about this person that he is extremely insecure like like shockingly insecure deep down uh so under that extreme show of aggression and and uh, toughness is is insecurity and they always have something to hide yeah yeah so Amir, do you do you watch the news? Do you watch Fox? Do you watch? I mean, I watch. Where do you get your info? I get a lot of my info from independent sources, so like Anomaly, Tim Pool. Um, I do a lot of research myself. When I see something trending on Twitter, I'll look on both sides. You know, I'll I'll sit down and I'll force myself to watch CNN. And Rachel Maddow. I love that. And Don Lemon. I did that before too. 
and I, I watch Fox, I watch Tucker, Hannity, Laura Ingram, and you know, I just try to find the middle ground. I, I take what they're feeding me, and I do my hunt for the research. Yeah, you know, I've been trying to like figure out do, does does CNN have an equivalent of a Tucker Carlson like personality who outlines the hypocrisies? I don't know if they do. Do they have a show like that? They have. Don they should because I'd love to see it. Oh, Don, you think so? But what time's he on? It's not like a Tucker. I'm not uh-huh. sure, but it's it's not like a Tucker. Like Don's like. That's the thing. It, it all goes back to truth. I feel like Tucker talks a lot about the truth. He just lays it out for what it is. Mm-hmm. And then you have Don Lemon, who says, "Oh, the main problem we have in this country is white men." But his husband's a white man. So it's just in poor taste. It's dishonest. How are you say how are you saying that white men are the problem, but you're married to a white man? Oh, Don Lemon is. Yeah. Oh. So it it's it all goes back to honesty and just being truth. And Tucker's ratings right now are way past all the sports. Yeah. And people are just hungry to hear the truth. Yeah, literally like three times the amount of people are watching Tucker versus the NBA. I think it's like 1.2 million to 3.9 million. It's pretty outstanding. Yep. And uh, it makes sense because I I used to watch sports all the time, and now I don't watch sports, and I watch Tucker Carlson. So, yeah, I made the switch. Um, Amir, I, I just a few questions about you as we uh, – I, I don't want this conversation to end. I'm having so much fun. I want to be respectful of your time, though. Oh, we're going to have way more conversations, brother. I know, I know. Bro. We have a lot to talk about, yeah. Uh, and I, I'm excited to shake your hand eventually, man. I yeah, really am. We're def- I hope to meet up later this year. Yeah, definitely. We're going to be texting about that. Absolutely. Um, about you, I mean, what? where do you hope to take all of this? You know, because as I mentioned, you've got some unbelievable momentum on the different social platforms right now a lot of people getting behind you and your cause i mean and i feel like just anything i've seen firsthand with anything you put on your story people check out like people do what people trust you people do what you want them to do uh mm-hmm. it's almost like tim ferris like with with his podcast any book he says to buy his people buy it you know and, and I really strive to be like that too. I, I, I love hearing when, when followers or when listeners, uh, you know, buy, buy the books of people who are on this show. Where, where do you hope to take all of this? Hmm. I hope to one, have a show. So I have a podcast mm-hmm. that's in the works. I'd love to do that. I'd love to do a lot of speaking engagements. You know, talk to several colleges and high schools about media literacy and, you know, truth seeking. I'd love to. There's a lot that I'd love to tap into. Because I, I see the momentum and I'm having fun with it. But. At the end of the day, like, I, I, I'm honestly just sharing the truth. I'm just putting myself out there. So I'll always be fighting for the truth. Um, yeah. At the same time, do you hate that you have to talk about this? Like, does it, do you get annoyed and fired up? And like, does it, do you, does it not feel good? Cause honestly, dude, sometimes I feel really, um, even though I'm standing up for the truth and what I, or what I perceive and believe to be my truth, 
I feel like a crappy person sometimes. Sometimes it's very annoying. Um, but yeah, it gets annoying and I'm like, do I really have to speak on this? And I do because my grandparents and my sisters in this country fought for me to use my voice and fought for my freedom that I have today. Adding to that, I am in the prime position to speak out. There are people out there who want to speak out, but they can't because of their job, because of money, because of friends. And I am in a prime spot where I can say what I want to say and not fear anything happening to me. Yeah. So, I, you know, I'm just looking at what God put in front of me, what's built there for me, and I'm just going with it. Yeah. So while it gets Man. annoying sometimes, I just got to do it. Uh-huh. Are, are there, Amir, any... I don't usually ask like such a generic question like like this. You know, a lot of podcasts will be like, oh, what books do you recommend? But I really... I, I really do want to know from you specifically, are do you, are there any books you would recommend on the things that we've been talking about today? Um, or are you not much of a reader? So I've been reading a lot of, I love self-help books, self-development books. That's mainly my go-to reading. And for politics and learning, I'm always watching lectures or podcasts. Um, I would say Dave Rubin's book. Don't Burn This Book is a really solid book outlining issues that we've talked about today. Yeah. Um, Larry Elder's books. But my mm. favorite book, honestly, is 20,000 Days. I have to get the full, the full title. I think I heard about that. It is 20,000 Days and County, The Crash Course for Mastering Your Life Right Now by Robert D. Smith. And it's essentially talking oh, about... Oh, you, you were hanging out with him, too. I mean, you were hanging out with Larry Elder, I saw. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was hanging with Larry Elder. And Rob yeah. Smith, yeah. Um, so this book, The 20,000 Days, it's just a book talking about how a day goes so fast. And, you know, for me, you, Jordan, both, 20,000 days, we'll be in our 80s. I know. So it's like, what are you doing today to knock it out? So that's a go-to book for uh, me. I, and I love the, the question that, uh, I mean, I, I've seen you ask in your Instagram posts and, and stories, and you asked me in DMs, like, what are you doing to uh, make today great? And I forget what I did that day, but you actually, like, spurred, you got me up, spurred me to action. No way. Off my phone, and I, oh, yeah, here's, you know what I did? I um, So I, I'm offering a new service with my uh, podcast production agency with, in terms of guest outreach. You know, where we're doing, like, you give us a dream list of 25 people. And, you know, I've had, like, because outreach has just been my specialty with mm -hmm. who I've been able to have on my podcast. And I, it's all rooted in, like, human behavior. And I feel like I'm just really good at that. So I signed on my first client to do that, like, the day before. And so I sat down the day I got my wisdom teeth out. And I oh. sent out, I spent, like, two hours and I, I sent, like, 23 emails and uh and uh yeah it was it was great i i knocked out like a month a month's worth of of work and uh you're cranking love that yeah yeah so thanks for spurring me to action man so this has been this has been a wonderful conversation amir again i i'm calling you a must follow on yep. instagram i at, appreciate it brother yeah at amir x odom i i really 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 think you got to be more active on Twitter. I would love to see you 
putting some stuff out on there. And look, you already have, I mean, it's not like you're not already I have creating. the content. Like, yeah. 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 So I think you'd be really good at that. I mean, you've gotten great results in just the little that you have posted there. And uh, YouTube, Amir Odom there too. I, I haven't seen your videos yet. I mean, I, I saw some of the topics. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like it's you sitting down talking about like what? Yeah, I like to I like to to sit down and talk very calmly. Yeah, just hash out everything that you know the topic if that be. You know, I talk a lot about the LGBT community, right? Black Lives Matter, um, a lot Love of different it. topics. Love it. So I'll follow Amir Odom on those platforms. Amir, it's been a great conversation. I've got uh, my final question here that I ask everyone: If you could teach a course at a university, a course of your creation or otherwise, what would it be? Oof. It would be, it sounds so basic, but it'll be a course on, I don't even know how I would teach it, but, it, but it'll be a course on mastering your life. So essentially a course that's kind of like a motivational course. It's like, hey, if you're going through X, Y, Z, here's how you can get out of it. Here's some things to think about. Here's some resources. It's, I don't know. I haven't been asked that question before. It's a really fun question, but the one thing that comes to mind is a a course on taking care of your mental health. Amir Odom, you're the man. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jordan. We've reached the end of this episode of Growth Mindset University. For more keys to success and methods to inspire your entrepreneurial spirit, head to jordanparis.com slash course and enroll in our free course to elevate your podcast to the next level. Be sure to pass the show along to someone you know who will benefit from the lessons learned in each episode and we'll catch you and them on the next episode of Growth Mindset University.